You're listening to LanguageCaster.com's Football Language Podcast. Hello there, everybody, and thanks for joining us for this, our last World Cup 2018 podcast. Uh, my name's Damien, and I'm based here in London, which has been enjoying some wonderful weather lately. Now, apologies for not posting this review until now, but both Damon and myself have been a little busy at work. Well, maybe we're also suffering from withdrawal symptoms <laughs> after the Festival of Football came to an end in Moscow last Sunday. Uh, I was a little lost on Monday as I realised there'd be no more World Cup football. <laughs> anyway, down the line is Damon in Tokyo. Damon, how are things? Hi, Damien. Things are good, but as you said, real life as opposed to football life has been a bit busy recently. You said the weather's been good over there in England. Well, it's still sweltering here in Tokyo. It's been so hot, in fact, that a game I was going to play last weekend was called off because of the heat. A wise move, I think, as it was an over-40s game. Wow, that does sound hot. Um, I, I also remember the humidity is very high in Japan. So I can imagine it isn't the best weather for football? No, definitely not. Now, what do we have on today's show, Damien? Well, as it's a review of the tournament, we'll be looking back at some of the highs and lows from the 2018 World Cup tournament, while we'll also be explaining how to access some of our additional football language resources, including worksheets, transcripts and listing files. Some really nice resources there for learners and teachers of English. And then we have a 2018 World Cup quiz before talking about the winners and losers from <laughs> our 2018 World Cup predictions competition. Sounds good. Vous écoutez languagecaster.com. Yes, you are listening to languagecaster.com. And that was from a French speaker who I imagine is very happy indeed after last week's victory. Now, as many of you know, we've created some additional resources for learners and teachers of English on our Patreon site. And these can be accessed by going along to the site languagecaster.com and pledging a small donation. Now, if you come along to our website and look at this post, you can see a selection of what's currently available to the Learn English Through Football patrons, including worksheets, transcripts, of course, including the transcript for this show, and audio files. Quiz question time. Do we have a quiz question this week? Yes, we do, Damon. And uh, we'd like to know how many players received a red card in the 2018 World Cup tournament? Who? How many players were sent off in the 2018 World Cup? And we'll have the answer at the end of the show. A nice question. I actually know that 10 players received their marching orders in the 2014 World Cup. So I wonder if that can help our listeners. Maybe. <laughs> so it's review time, right? Yes, it is, Damon. Let's take a look at our highlights for the tournament in a special World Cup good, bad and ugly section. But before that, this. Yes, you are listening to languagecaster.com. And that was in Vietnamese. And we'd love it if you could send in your message to us. You know, you're listening to languagecaster.com in your language, and we'll feature it on our podcast. Still no Russian. Mm. And uh, talking about Russian and Russia, let's look back at what was good at the tournament. 
Damon, what were some of your highlights? Well, what a tournament it was. So I suppose I just have to start by saying just that it was a really, really good competition. Well done to Russia and the Russian people for making it such a good one. You've already mentioned on a previous podcast how much you enjoyed being there and what a great atmosphere there was. And that came through watching from as far away as Japan. Do you agree? Absolutely. Russia is a real football country and fans of the game were made very welcome wherever we went. Um, I was in Moscow, St. Petersburg and uh, Nizhny Novgorod and really enjoyed the different atmospheres in those three cities. Mm. Visiting historical sites, watching games with both local Russian and international fans in bars and the fan fest that each city had set up. Great stuff indeed. Um, I also thought that the use of VAR, the video (laughs) assistant referee, was on the whole a positive thing, particularly as many had predicted it would be a disaster beforehand. Um, Damon, how about focusing on something a little more specific? What was your favourite game and who was your favourite player? Okay, well, the Spain versus Portugal game stands out from the early stages 3-3 with Ronaldo and Costa both bagging braces. These two rivals really served up a treat and Nacho's goal for Spain was a taste of some of the good goals to come later. A game later on that really had me on the edge of my seat was Belgium versus Japan and the Asian side was so close to pulling off an amazing result but a last minute winner slotted home on the counter-attack was an amazing end that broke Japan's hearts. Lots of sad faces on the way to work the next day in Tokyo. Now as for a player that's difficult. And there were, of course, so many uh, great performances. But I'm going to go for a left field pick. There's a phrase from baseball on a football podcast. My pick is Harry Maguire, the big England centre-back. I'm not saying he was the best player, but with my England fan glasses on, he just brought something new to England. A big threat from set pieces. Every time there was a free kick or corner, you thought there was a chance. And he could also play, bringing the ball out from the back and feeding passes to the midfield or the front three. Apart from him, Luka Modric. How about you? Yeah, those were some good moments. I I really enjoyed that Spain versus Portugal game on day two of the tournament when Mm. I was in a bar in St. Petersburg with a (laughs) host of different nationality football fans. A great game with great goals. Uh, I also enjoyed the France versus Argentina last 16 game when Kylian Mbappe announced himself to the world. Mm. The England versus Croatia semi-final was a proper game of football, much better than the France against Belgium one. Um, But for me, the standout game of the tournament was the quarterfinal between Brazil and Belgium. A game of two halves between two highly technical sides with amazing technique, played at an amazing pace. The only negative was that it didn't go to extra time so that we could enjoy even more of it. (laughs) Um, As for the best player, I agree that Luka Modric was consistently the best player in the tournament as his amazing technique and sheer willpower dragged his teammates through extra time in three knockout stage matches all the way to the final. Uh, We have to mention Kylian Mbappe again as he became only the second teenager to score in a World Cup final after Pelé did so as a 17-year-old in the 1958 final. What a player. What a player indeed. Okay, we've looked at some of the good, but what or who was bad or what irritated you? 
during the month of football. I think the negative press reaction beforehand here in the UK was a bad thing, as many fans were put off from travelling to the World Cup. But as I've already mentioned, any fears were unfounded, as those who travelled had a wonderful time. Um, on the pitch, I felt there was quite a lot of time-wasting, particularly towards the end of matches mm. that sometimes slowed down those matches. I understand that teams have to manage games better, but it doesn't always make for the best spectacle. How about you, Damon? Well, okay, as I said at the start, I thoroughly enjoyed this tournament, but there were a few things that I didn't like, and top of the list was Neymar and his play <laughs> and his play acting. He's rolled down the touchline after a foul by the Serbian midfielder Milankovic. Savic will live long in the memory. His constant questioning of decisions, appeals, and exaggerations won him few friends which is a shame because he could really be a superstar if he got rid of that. Maradona's behaviour from the FIFA legend's VIP seats making a racist gesture to some South Korean fans was very bad, as were his general antics from the stands. He's certainly a unique role model for FIFA to choose. And on FIFA, I suppose, fining Croatia $70,000 for wearing the wrong socks, but only imposing a $10,000 fine for a neo-Nazi banner in a section of Russian fans seemed a bit bizarre. OK, that was bad. Anything else to add, Damien? How about your best moment? Well, this is difficult, as there were so many occasions when I jumped out of my seat during the tournament. Leo Messi's goal against Nigeria. Mexico's, wasn't it amazing? Mexico's mm. first half performance against Germany was madness. Uh, the France-Argentina game, all those last-minute winners in this tournament, such as the Belgium winner against Japan that you mentioned, and England's last-minute winner against Tunisia. But for me, one of the best moments was the whole of injury time in the South Korea <laughs> versus Germany match, when the Koreans scored twice to dump the holders out of the tournament. Amazing stuff. How about you? Yeah, those were brilliant moments. Uh, but for me, England winning the penalty shootout against Colombia hey. with a strong hand by Jordan Pickford was one highlight. It's been so long and I've seen so many failures and felt such pain in penalty shootouts with England. So that was just brilliant. There was Tony Cruz's extra time goal against Sweden too. What a goal and what a context. That was when I thought, oh no, Germany are waking up again. We know that didn't happen, but it was a great moment of drama and a great goal. Now, I suppose before we move on, Damon, we should say well done to the world champions, France. Oh yeah, yes indeed. They were deserved winners. Although they seemed to do it without needing to get into top gear. They always had something extra in the tank or another gear to move into. The final was an example of that. Just as Croatia seemed to be getting into the game and even dominating, France stepped it up and scored again. And again. Yes, uh, deserved winners. They mixed discipline with pace and power and were extremely well-organised and motivated. Hmm. Remember that they lost the European Championship final two years ago at home. Um, they're also the youngest team at this final, and so hmm. we'll be looking to add more titles to this, their second World Cup trophy. Yes, indeed. Now, remember, you can always follow us via Twitter, Facebook or Instagram, and it's easy to get in touch with us via our email at admin at languagecaster.com. Thanks to everyone who contacted us throughout the tournament. 
There were some fantastic questions and translations of football phrases from all over the world. Don't forget that you can find out more about some of these words and phrases by checking out our site at languagecaster.com and delving into our massive football glossary. Now, how about the answer to our World Cup quiz question, Damien? Right, we wanted to know how many players received a red card in the 2018 World Cup tournament. And the answer is, amazingly, only four. Mm. Now, you mentioned earlier that 10 players were sent off in the 2014 World Cup and there were 17 red cards in 2010. But this time around, only four players received a red card. Sanchez from Colombia, Boateng from Germany, Smolnikov from Russia and Lang from Switzerland. Well, well done if you got that right. Yeah. Now, we should salute another champion, and that's Starlighter, because Starlighter won our World Cup predictions battle with 51 points, finishing ahead of Umid on 50 and Fitzpab on 49, with me in eighth place. And Damon, you were nowhere to be seen on the leaderboard, I'm afraid. <laughs> Next time I'll do better. Uh, well done to Starlighter, Umid and Fitzpab on your top three finishes. And we'll send you out a small prize in recognition of your predicting skills. It won't be big and gold like the one France received, but we hope you like it. Yes, well done Starlighter. And uh, thanks to everybody who participated in the predictions competition. We had well over 40, I think, in the end, which is great. And that brings us to the end of this show. Um, We'll have a few weeks off now before the Premier League season kicks off in August. Friday, August the 10th, actually. Um, I'm already a little worried about Tottenham. So see you then and enjoy the summer or the winter wherever you are. Come on, you Reds. Ta-ra.